Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory. Welcome to Horror Vanguard. <laughs> Please play, pay no attention to the large pane of plexiglass that we, we have. There is there is absolutely not a podcast focus group sitting behind it, taking in everything that you say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ignore, ignore the uh, uh, Ju- the Juicero wearing Devil Devil Wears Prada clothing. It's it's unrelated to anything we're talking about today. Uh, oh, hello, hello everyone. everybody. Ah, Jinx, you owe me a haunted doll. Oh, uh, uh, again? Oh, god. Oh, I know. Hello, everyone. This is Horror Vanguard. This is episode two hundred and sixty something. If you can believe it, because I barely can. I'm one of your co-ghosts. I'm Ash, joined as always by uh, the fashionista of Horror Vanguard, uh, John, aka the Liquor Guy. How's it going? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm feeling fabulous. I'm feeling sharp. I'm feeling well dressed. I'm ready to podcast. Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing a distressed, uh, limited run dead stock band tee, and a pair of vintage Levi's jeans. Uh, <laughs> Ah, the, hashtag the, keywords, the hashtag upselling. Yeah, the podcaster uniform. <laughs> oh, it's not just us today. It's not just us. We're not alone. We're joined by Ooh. by fourth fourth time horror vanguard guest, making yeah. making you I think tied for second. You know, tied for first. It's, you, it's down to you and Labor Kyle. I'm like, who the fuck has been on here five times? <laughs> I will fight them, <laughs> and I will win. How's it, how's it going, Mister Snow? How's how's life? Uh, not bad, not bad. Um, I don't have COVID this time, but I do have something. Um, you know, sitting here in my my rag and bone and my Prada sunglasses indoors, <laughs> get ready to podcast. You're all dressed for the occasion. You know, you really have to you have to dress up for podcast. Exactly. It's like when you flew a plane in like the fifties or something. You had to get dressed up. It's an occasion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to now, when when you can fly a plane in your <laughs> pajamas, or do you mean when you're riding one? <laughs> oh, oh dear. So, uh, Snow, if you wouldn't mind, uh, for for listeners of this show who, for some reason, have not listened to the the catalog of episodes you've been on, could you introduce yourself and let us know where we can find you on Yield the Internet? Uh, why, yes. So, my name is uh, Mistress Snow, also known as Olivia Snow. Both of those names are made up, and I mostly go by Snow. <laughs> um, I am a dominatrix and a professor and researcher. Um, I'm like, what even? My I, I've described my career to my dissertation committee as a roller coaster ride through hell. Perfect. Um, and I currently research sex work in tech. Um, I am way too active on Twitter, where I am savoring the final moments of my legacy blue check um, <laughs> at Mistress Snow PhD. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. In, in these the waning days of Twitter, we have to enjoy what we can before the website is completely dead. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so like the, the final the final uh, decades of the Roman Empire as mm-hmm. it just kind of collapses oh yeah we're, we're entering the real Caligula hours of Twitter I think 
<laughs> I'm trying to remember that one poem that's like, it ends not with a bang, but whimper? Is it a whimper? I don't know. Fuck literature. <laughs> yeah. All my homies hate literature. This is a movie podcast. We don't read. <laughs> Fuck reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. But today... Today we're talking about, uh, you know, breaking from horror vanguard tradition, we're talking about a movie that recently came out. Mithrigan. Memegan. <laughs> yeah, you may have, you may have seen it. You may have, you may have seen it as, uh, replayed multiple times as a gif by, uh, people who want to be cool. Uh, but it's also a movie. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Banner, uh, Banner couple months, if you've been into, like, horror media projects that turn into viral dance gifs, like, oh, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you had invested $10 into that a year ago, you'd be a millionaire today. I mean, you, you, you are not wrong. But um, for people who maybe have not, uh, have not seen Mithrigan, who have not come across the, 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 the dancing gif, Ash, would you mind explaining to, to, to me, to Mr. Snow, to everybody listening to the show? <laughs> what? what? Can you mansplain? Oh, yeah, could you, <laughs> could, 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 you, could, you, could you mansplain as you do every week what today's film is all about? There were only a small handful of toys I wanted for as a child. I had a teddy bear that was gifted to me by a caring neighbor, a few action figures my mom and great aunt would buy for me, and that was enough. Money was tight, even, even at a young age, I understood the embarrassment of envy without means. I was, however, no enlightened child. I wanted desperately for cooler clothes. While my classmates sported Heelys, soap shoes, or whatever vogue of oscillations of youth fashion I've now forgotten, I was rocking only the finest threads of the Sears discount rack. I grew up in a void between spaces. Rock quarries, junkyards, cornfields, and abandoned farms created a psychogeographic moat between the speed of my mind and the world. If ever I look like I'm not there, I'm in that undeveloped lavender field behind the junkyard, sitting under a dying tree, watching generations of foxes watch me back. A scarecrow of a young genderqueer faggot whose uncoordinated body was growing faster than his nerves or psyche could keep up with. I felt at peace laying in that field, playing alone with small toys, daydreaming in solitude through an endless expanse of empire and decline. For each corn silo, the 16th arcana, to every fire tower, the oubliette. I've always seen myself as a scarecrow on every register. I still mostly wear plaid and secondhand jeans. I'd rather set outside than do much else. And the being that is me is filled with strange debris. Somehow, just as human as any. This eukaryosis of damp straw memorial, the moldering body of a sea turtle finger puppet, a field no one can see today as it was then, the living room of an abandoned farmhouse, my home, a rooted place as the space between memories. The material possessions I wanted most as a child are now forgotten. Time has tilled the black soil of youthful envy without means, and now I can sit in that garden as I choose, to live as I am dying as I live. There's no operant conditioning, no human programming that can withstand the erosion of psychic time. Internal geologies disregard the cognitive empires built upon their fault lines. Consigned to no castigations besides those I held onto. And I know it's always so simple to write these errant tiltings years later, but I'm still there, still in that field, still that creature. 
I am the echo of those lonely screams, and I come tearing over fields and moors, dispersing into a trace louder than its sign. Ansel Adams once remarked that there is always at least two persons in a photograph, the photographer and the viewer. Such is also true of memory. Each memory contains at least two people, yourself in the present who recalls, and yourself in the past who is being recalled. The solitude of memory is a space of social discovery. Your lonesome evenings are populated with internal refractions, the light of consciousness through the staining glass of memory. You, you listener, are a sorcerer wielding vast fields of memory. Yes, alone in the tower of the self, but your missives will reach the hands of your neighboring mages. There is no isolation that can withstand this collective solitude. If you're hearing this, it's proof we still have the magic. From my crumbling corn silo to yours, a memory we co-author and a tie we bind. Join us as we discuss Mithrigan. Sorry. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, you know, I swear, I swear, just one day, one day, that's going to be where the episode ends. <laughs> just... <laughs> We're just going to do a full episode pricey one day, and it's going to be the the most listened to episode of the show yet. <laughs> oh, one day soon. One day soon. <coughs> but yeah, you know, that's me so in a nutshell, really. So, uh, where should we begin? <laughs> well, well, John and Snow, we should begin in the formalism yeah. zone sound effect here. The Formalism Zone. <laughs> it's the, the magic of editing. The magic of editing will make it all sound so oh, it's gonna be beautiful. seamless. It's going to be beautiful and clean and, and articulate. So, uh, well, did, I think... Did, I think... Did, did we all see the, did we all see the dancing gif? Let's start, let's start with the gif, shall we? We, we need to start with the, same, uh, the thing that everyone has seen. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It, there is, it's cool, but there is something slightly, there is something slightly weird about the fact that like huge amounts of sort of mainstream cinema are deliberately engineered to to have the the kind of gifable moment in them. It's like ah, this was this was filmed and st- this was storyboarded and filmed because somebody went. Twitter's gonna fucking lose their shit over this. <laughs> like, that's why it exists. <laughs> And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I'm just like, it's a little weird that we're kind of baking that into film now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that is the, the function of that, huh? I mean, like, I was, I'm like, as a former dancer, every time I've watched that scene, I'm just like, I'm kind of bent out of shape at the aerial she does, because I could like, God, the last time I tried that, I ended up with a broken wrist, and I <laughs> haven't really had any thoughts that extend beyond my personal feelings of bitterness about not being a good gymnast. I, I thought that sequence was really relatable because every time I try to dance, multiple people wind up dead in an elevator. Um, so that's just kind of how it goes, right? Well, I mean, once she grabbed the sharps, then uh, yeah, I, I, I thought so too. <laughs> like, so um, I, I, read, I read a couple interviews with Juan and 
he was like, oh, we we just thought we'd do it for fun. You can't engineer a viral moment. Those are all organic. And I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. You knew exactly what you were doing. You've got the entire marketing budget of a studio behind you. You knew what the dance sequence in Mithrigan was. You made a GIF. You made something that would be cosplayed on TikTok. Shut the fuck up. Be honest about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't do this deliberately. It's just that all of these people that we invited to the Mithi- the Mithrigan premiere all cosplayed as her for no reason. It was yeah, totally they're all professional organic. dancers, totally uncoordinated. <laughs> where were the odds? There were a couple other moments that I felt fit into that. There was that one line where the the, the CEO of Juicero was like. The, the the guy was trying to steal the Mithrigan files and he walked up to him and he's like, are you porn hubbing at the office again? And I'm like, oh, that felt, that felt like an SNL clip. What how the about, hell was that? How about, um, this is the part where you run. Oh, yeah. Oh, gr- yeah. Oh, yeah. Gr- that's, you go, uh, yeah. Th- that's a trailer line right there. <laughs> that's a trailer line. <laughs> yeah. That and I'm like, you can see the the like scenes I gravitated towards as like a professional sadist. I'm like the part where she looks over the fence and makes that death glare and then like kills everyone. <laughs> that part too. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's relatable. Just relatable, regular content. <laughs> yeah, I have that saved on my phone as like a reaction game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, for, for reasons for reasons that I don't want to to psychoanalytically explore. Uh, the scene, the scene where she melts a woman with a pressure washer. I was just like, I've never seen a pressure washer kill before in a horror movie. That I loved that. That was that was wonderful. Huh? I feel like Killing Eve season four episode <laughs> four <laughs> had a death by pressure washer. Oh, well, now I have to go revisit. <laughs> if I recall that. correctly. Underrated horror weapons Let's in this see. movie. We got the pressure washer. We got the hedge trimmer. Yep. It's, it's yeah, good yeah. times. Good the, times. Um, the thing for the paper cutter. The guillotine. Yep. Yeah, the paper guillotine. Yep. 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 So, uh, uh, so this is a Blumhouse movie. Uh, how do we How do we feel about the House of Blum in this the the year of our Mithrigan twenty twenty three? Well, uh, I could say that I feel like I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so for for. for for my my sins in a past life as a as a film academic i've written about blumhouse films quite a lot and like my kind of take on them is that they're aware that horror has a kind of like political angle to it but they don't really know what politics is mm-hmm. it's just like something the blumhouse films are like yeah politics i've heard of that and you go okay you're trying <laughs> there's there's some ideas there but like also no <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, so, like, and I think, like, maybe even a lot of our listeners don't know that this is a Blumhouse movie, or maybe don't know what 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 the Blumhouse is too, and like, like, they're just a production company. They make movies. They also distribute movies, and like, they're the people behind Annabelle, and like, like, just just countless. If you've seen a successful viral horror movie in the last ten years, there's a good chance it's been a Blumhouse movie. But also, if you've seen a horror movie that was completely forgettable that you don't remember you saw, that was definitely a Blumhouse movie. <laughs> but it's, I mean, like, they're, they're, they're like the classic horror movie studio formula where it's like horror movies almost guarantee a return on investment. You make, you make, you make a budget movie dirt cheap and, and pray you get your money back. And if you gamble often enough, eventually you get a Mithrigan. Eventually you get a viral sensation that's going to mm. get a sequel. Yeah, you, you, you put in a few fun moments, you uh, have some fun kills, you do some 
honest to god practical effects as well which uh, i you know we may we, it may sound like we're being a little a little harsh on Mithrigan, but like the effects in this are actually really fun this is there's lots about this that i i am like i actually really enjoyed the the hedge trimmer fight which is clearly a chainsaw jewel homage uh that was fun uh and yeah i'm 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 here for any movie that is trying to do practical effects in the year of our lord 2022 that's when this came out right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I mean i have one rule when it comes to haunted doll movies and that's is the doll real like did you actually make the doll and they did they did they act they actually made a little animatronic puppet they made a really creepy mask for the mask for the actor who, who played <laughs> mithrigan it was great i loved it you know like that's that's all i needed i'm, I'm so here for the effects work in this well, phenomenal and I think out of all of them, my favorite had to be when she starts chasing that little motherfucker and starts running on all yep. the Yeah, oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I like, I love, I love that. Like, you could almost hear her, like, snort. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. That's, and that's such <laughs> yeah. a fun, that's such a weird thing to do. Like, I really like that. Like, why in the earth would you gallop? Like, that's so cool. After flicking the ear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I my, my favorite, uh, effects sequence in this whole thing is when Mithrigan's getting attacked by the dog through the fence and it's because because it's like it's like so obviously just like a little cloth puppet being like bounced around by the dog and like it's just like such a beautiful b-horror movie shitty mannequin effect like just just oh my heart I mean, what, <laughs> what what kind of blew my mind is when you go, oh yeah, this was produced by the guys who were behind the Saw franchise, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So even here, Ash, we can't get away from the Saw franchise. No, no, we can't. Although that's that's that should be the sequel. It's Jigs, J- Jigsaw finds and teams <laughs> up with Mithrigan. <laughs> oh my god! And the whole but- movie is age gap discourse. <laughs> No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm putting my foot down. I I have never I've never wanted like little Billy the Puppet on his tricycle on his on his tricycle. Get Mithrigan a little bike. It's gonna be so good. And Mithrigan will technically be like two or three years old. And the jigsaw, the jigsaw tricycle mannequin puppet will be like what, like almost twenty by then. So like, but they're puppets. That's the oh, whole movie. No. It's a rom com. <laughs> Blumhouse, Juan, give me a call. Give me a call. I know you're listening. I know you never miss a horror Vanguard episode. Give me a call. Like every major horror movie production house, we know that you listen to this show. <laughs> Don't make me take this idea to Rob Zombie. He's he's here right now. He's sitting in my living room. I could just, I could just. I wish. God, that'd be so cool. I'm not that cool. <laughs> oh dear. I digress. I digress. Uh, the other, the other slightly, the other slightly kind of strange thing about this movie is it makes you go, "Oh, do you remember HBO's Girls? Do you remember that?" <laughs> does, does it make you go that? Because I was like, "Oh no, because of Marnie." Yeah, because of Marnie. Okay, I'm up to speed. I'm up to speed. Okay, I'm like, Ign- ignore what I just said. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Hey, Alison Williams, uh, do, doing. I have to be honest, some some excellent work in this. But I'm I'm suddenly like. Uh, I, I don't know. I have maybe have not followed her career super closely 
uh, After Girls. Well, what else was she in? She was in um, uh, what was that that horror movie? Um, it was really famous. Uh, obviously, it, get, uh, get, get, out. Out. Yeah. get Out. Get Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one I think I've seen her in. But she's she's also like the only one from that show who actually like went and had an acting career. <laughs> I, I I mean you're not you're you're not wrong you know like this this is this is true. <laughs> well, that and what's his face, Adam Driver. Uh, yeah, oh, but, you know yeah. I saw that I saw that play he was in on Broadway, and I fell the fuck asleep. Wow. I, I, got, I gotta say, <laughs> like, Adam, Adam Driver's not doing it for me. Not doing it for um, me yet. I, in any of his, I, his I have not roles. seen. I've I've not seen a play, but I am very excited about that one where he goes back in time and shoots dinosaurs with an enormous gun. Oh so wait, I, yeah. Wait, what? But duh, it's a Sam Raimi movie about dinosaurs versus a spaceman. I would, what I mean, that literally just sounds like an idea I would pitch to Rob Zombie. Of course, we're going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, Wear a it's, mask. it's <laughs> as always, um, in, in many contexts, it can be very helpful. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's cool to see Alison Williams doing some, another, some very solid work in another good horror movie. Uh, but this is like, there's something about this, which feels like a very millennial movie. And I think that's why it kind of mm-hmm. built the association in my mind with, mm-hmm. with, with HBO's girls. But we will get into the millennial. What this film thinks of millennials. We have, uh, we have discourse. <laughs> anyway, discourse. Hannah dolls. Chisero. Chucky. Thoughts. Mm. Ideas. Let us commune. Okay. So you know what I thought was. Hit uh, it. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Most haunted little shit in this movie was the what was it the the the. Pettable whatever's the Furby guys. Yes, yes. Yeah, those were horrible. They were just just awful. Like maybe they crashed that car on purpose just to escape the whatever friend pet thing. I mean, I I'm sympathetic forever to that friend. I don't know. The, 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 right? Was it was it a it was a forever pet, right? Something, something like something that. I think, like it, that. I think it alliterated. Yeah, I, I, it reminded me. I just refer to uh, them as like neoliberal gremlins. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what. Well, did you see it? There was a video going around Twitter maybe like a week ago of a Furby that was like speaking English. I'm not sure if it was like the same AI or old. Well, it couldn't have been the same AI, but it was explaining how like it wanted to infiltrate folks' private homes so that it could come up with a way to achieve like world domination. It was just this little Furby talking. Sweet. Great. Yeah, remind me of that. Ideal, ideal. <laughs> I thought, I thought the, those. Yeah, I never. Oh. The, those little, those little like, oh my god, Furby, the Furby equivalents in this, I, I thought was really interesting. Contrasting that with the the figure of the haunted doll, because Mithrigan is a haunted doll movie, right? It's it's Mithrigan is an update on Chucky and Slappy and, and Hugo, right? Robert the doll, Annabelle, even Juan's other haunted doll project. But like to to contrast it with like the the little spy toys, like ooh, ooh I think like that that piques <laughs> my interest. You know what it reminded me of most? Okay, so like a week ago, I was I got really stoned and decided I was going to watch 
Are You Afraid of the Sick. Dark, which is available streaming. I don't even know who I was watching it with, but at any rate, um, there's that one episode, I think, in the fourth season, where, like, this girl goes into this house, and then there's there's like a little dollhouse in the actual house and then she turns into a doll slowly and has to like escape by and then, oh and there's another doll and then both the, the doll people I remember this one one of whom is considerably more doll ha- yeah they have to escape by like rolling off the roof mm-hmm. oh man so like yeah they're really terrifying and threatening but also really fragile I like oh my god yes hell yes yeah it's available streaming Pretty sure no commercials, too. Are You Afraid of the <laughs> Dark? Such a good show. Such a good show. Yeah. I was convinced that one swamp monster lived in my basement for, like, years. Oh, my God. Uh, this is, you know, the red guy in the pool? Mild, yeah. Mildly oh. related, but the, the goosebumps about the vampire sponge? Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal little monster. Loved that one. That sounds like something you would you like you would call a menstruation. I was, I was literally just I was thinking that as I was saying it. And I'm like, yeah. Are you looking for an organic alternative to tampons? Goop has a new product for you. Based on the loofah that you've come to know and love, we're introducing Vampire Sponge. Yeast infection comes free. <laughs> it's a goop product. Yeah, it's baked in, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah enjoy your toxic shock syndrome the 90s are back <laughs> well speaking speaking of companies who are deeply unethical and exist essentially just to grift and harm their 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 uh customer base let's talk about grind set culture and, and how it relates to mithrigan i mean this is this is all over like contemporary ai discourse as well right this I- idea of like Ah, if you're not getting if you're not getting rich and working 900 remote jobs thanks to ChatGPT, are you even awake, loser? And is I'm like, in in a way, this film is really really great because it exposes that so much of like contemporary AI discourse is not really interested in the technology. Even at one point, uh, like she goes, you don't even understand the langu- the learning model that you put into Mithrigan's brain. Basically, mm-hmm. this is this is a film that's about marketing and how shitty startups are. Like that's that's what this film is about. <laughs> well, so that's like really fascinating to me because I am have somehow managed to stumble ass backwards from being an adjunct professor of English into a tech researcher. Amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this absolutely is illustrating like the, some of the like worst actual possibilities of how this shit might turn out. That's I, I think both of these angles are like a, a really interesting way of looking looking at Mithrigan and, and like because this is one of the things that I was puzzling over while watching it because this is like I, I think like John your earlier comment about like the kind of like mixed bag politics of of the James Wan cinematic universe I, I think really sticks in Mithrigan because it's like. It's a movie that wants to be about grief and loss and, and overcoming, but it's kind of not. And it's a movie that wants to be about the dangers of AI and tech surveillance, but it's also kind of not. And with, with the AI angle, too, it's like Mithrigan, it, it's, the, it's the, the kind of like cultural mythology we have about AI. Like, oh, ChatGPT is like, it's sentient, it's self-aware, because if you ask it, how are you feeling? It'll say, I'm doing peppy today, boss. Like... <laughs> Okay, listen. 
<laughs> I actually, I was out to brunch with my boss maybe like a month mm-hmm. ago, and I definitely said probably verbatim like, "Oh my god, you need to watch Megan. It is totally about the dangers of machine learning algorithms." <laughs> <laughs> I need another mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, what, what do you think, Dunn Snow? What do, you, what do you think about Mithrigan as like AI spookiness? Okay, well, not to uh, to my own horn, <laughs> but um, so back in December, I don't know if you got this. I wrote this article for mm-hmm. Wired about Lensa, and you know, it was that thing that like made magic avatars and shit like out of your selfies yeah. and you got to look like a fairy or whatever so i was like putting in pictures first i put in just like random pictures and it came back like fine and then i tried putting in like my sexy pictures none of which were nudes because it said no mm. nudes but it returned nudes mm. to me which i did not love um but then i was like i um i'm gonna be my own guinea pig and do some real fucked up shit and i put my <laughs> some childhood photos of myself mm-hmm into the thing and the fucking ai generated child sexual exploitation material of myself Damn. Um, like full nudes of like 12 year old snow um, so um like and I, I wrote about it being like this is actually really fucked up and there's going to be like a flood of deep fake porn like deep fake revenge porn just like you know inundating the internet in the next like six months which of course end up fucking happening but no one listens to old snow dude <laughs> <laughs> i think that i mean like it, like like there's a phenomenal write-up that, that, that you did and we're gonna link to that in the show notes but i think that that's something that i found to be really interesting mm-hmm. about mithrigan because mithrigan kind of like you you get you get like in in the in the early parts of the movie you get all that like oh well we hid listening devices and all of our evil Furbies uh, so that they could like gather data on children. And the movie never really engages with the implicit threat of AI. Like the, the risk really isn't the technology. It's the fact that like this. Oh, the surveillance. Yeah. Yeah. The, the risk really isn't the AI or the surveillance in, in Mithrigan. The, the risk is that like m- millennials suck at parenting and zoomers are awful children. <laughs> That's like that's like the threat that the movie's presenting us with. I mean, I was thinking, oh, just um, when she's like when um, Katie picks up the one like collectible thing, mm-hmm. and what's her face? It's like that that that's not a oh, toy. That is like a, like I know so, so many. many people like with Funko Pops and mm. shit. Like <laughs> like that was like oh god, kids. Yeah. Uh-uh. So let's let's make I could not imagine that family either like going on a ski trip like why did you procreate I don't know I don't get it let's 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 pry this apart too let's <laughs> let's look at the 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 generational discourse here so this this show was written by a Gen Xer right this was this was uh, co 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 written by Juan and like it has a lot of commentary on millennials and zoomers and now gen a because the the actress who plays myth regan is gen a right like the next the 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 successor <laughs> and like we, we kind of have this like weird striation of like millennials are just like 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 we oh my god the whole start of this movie is like is is our our millennial aunt be being like 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 oh, oh my god like so her her niece her parents die in a horrible car crash that season literally days later when she still has like bloody wounds on her face she's like brought to her aunt's home and then this this like helpless little traumatized child is in bed and and she's just like mom before she was just brutally eviscerated in a wreck two days ago 
You, in front of my yeah, eyes. Yeah, in front of my eyes. She used to read me bedtime <laughs> stories. Could you read me a bedtime story? And they write this millennial woman like, I don't have any children's books. Let me use my phone app to pull up a child book. Oh, the app, the app needs to update. I can't read for you tonight. Don't play with any of my millennial collectibles. I'm going to go make some avocado toast. And like... They, and then stay up all night working. Yeah, yeah. Don't Listening you, don't you dare. Mid yeah. I'm gonna like, stay up all night yeah. working it's, because and, you know, and they, they, they write white aunt is like it's it's almost parodic. It's like it's bordering <laughs> on parody. I think if it was self aware, it would be a a she, like it would have had the strength of character to like to like make her risk this child's life for avocado toast in one scene or something like. <laughs> Like, it's so Well, weird. I do like, she's kind of like a dad when she's like, eh, you can hold the fort down, ask the fort. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go make my robot. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I, he's yeah, like I gotta, working I on motorcycles my chefs. Don't, you know, I'm at like work. Don't Connor. come in now. <laughs> I mean, even the same amount of flannel. <laughs> <laughs> and we even, we even get this with like <laughs> like like literally our our Gen Z oh, yeah. Yeah, kid yeah, yeah. is d- doesn't go outside ever it doesn't but we get we get like like the whole beginning scene before the car crash we're having like all those damn kids in their apps they don't want to like oh honey look at the mountain and she's like fuck you I'm making my Furby fart you're a bitch mom <laughs> it's like the whole fucking opening of the movie is why don't kids go outside and i think but leroy i dropped leroy I, like this is this is totally speaking to the the kind of like there's a political vacuity going on here because like these people know enough to 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 like gesture towards the, these kind of like it's vague topical gesturing they're like oh here's a thing that people discuss these days without like grappling with like the, the reason kids don't go out and play anymore is because we've totally obliterated public spaces that aren't paid in this country. So, like... But, yeah, no, you're not allowed to, like, leave your kids outside in the yard or else, like, Child Protective Services isn't going to show up. Oh, yeah, and not to mention all, all of the other dangers. And, like, like the, one thing that this movie, like, like cars. Cars kill children left and right. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're one of the <laughs> leading causes of, of the things that kill children. It's no longer large birds, right? It's fucking cars. <laughs> Do we know if it was self-driving? Was Elon driving oh, that let's, car? Let's talk about Elon Musk because this this fucking movie name dropped oh, Tesla. No. What did I do? You put you pushed the <laughs> secret button. <laughs> <laughs> Does yeah, it cost I mean, I mean, more or less? What what's the what what's the question? What's the question that the senior 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 yeah senior vice president of marketing asked? Does it cost more or less than a Tesla? And it's like, isn't that just like the perfect? Tesla's become such a kind of like perfect cultural signifier for for the, so for like the exactly the kind yes. of thing <laughs> this movie is trying to represent. <laughs> AI bullshit product that's just Where, going like, to kill your children. T- like that's that's basically what yeah, Tesla is. How much do they cost? Oh, good question. We're never going to be able to afford them. Who cares? <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I, I want to say they, that the three of us they cost several lives. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, yes. they cost as much lithium as you can pry out of the hands of murdered uh, Bolivian soldiers. That's the, that's the, how much the three of us don't know how much a Tesla costs because we're cool and we have good politics and we fuck. You know how much a Tesla costs? You yeah. sacrificed one of those three things. 
at least at least one and and quite likely mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. you know, or or you sacrificed a few children in a lithium mine uh, that, that could be another cost paid or you just ran them over with your no oh, true 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 yeah while they were mining the lithium it's That's it's how the car goes forward correct yeah. yeah but but like this is the this is the kind of like unspoken thing that this this film very clearly thinks which is like children are basically annoying and deeply inconvenient because the whole point of where's I was going to say isn't that true though <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck it yeah the, the whole the whole point of Mithrigan is like. Hey, you can optimize yourself out of a job of being responsible for a child. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I fail to see the problem here. Value add, value add. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Chat GPT <laughs> might be able to write like the worst startup blog, you know, think piece blog you can ever imagine. But I also want it to take care of my seven year old. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm literally going to go over to my ChatGPT account right now and be like, write me a 500-word blog on how I can use AI to raise my child. <laughs> <laughs> that should oh, just be the episode dear. description. That should just be the episode description. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think, I think like this kind of... um. So, so one of the things that I was thinking about while watching Mithrigan, right? Because Mithrigan is about children being killed and children in dangerous situations, right? And I... And, like, one of the notable contextual pieces of this movie is that our kind of, like, uh, our, our child protagonist, right, um, Katie, like, she doesn't go to school. She's homeschooled, right? And her aunt is trying to take her to, like, one of those, like, goofy Pacific Northwest, all outdoorsy. Like, like when they get to the school, there's literally a boy who's like, fuck you, mom. No, no, he says her first name. He's like, fuck you, oh, Alice. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and she's like, <laughs> yeah. good job for using your indoor voice, honey. Have fun at the outdoor excursion. Isn't he so good? Like, it's 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 that kind of like, and again, that's a meta commentary. He's really mature for his age. That's like, that's like, that's like a meta commentary on like millennial parenting and the state of Zoomers. These, oh, they don't, they don't have respect because back in our day, we would have taken him out back with the belt or something like that. Like, that's the implicit discourse there. <laughs> and shot him. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I think like, like, okay, so, okay, like again, again, Snow, you keep, you keep activating code phrases today. I'm like, I'm mentoring and <laughs> candidating myself. Um... <laughs> So like shootings, right? Like so like in we are in the United States of America in 2023. We've had already like 50,000 school shootings this year and it's only April. And like like there is a massive contextual element missing, I think, from Mithrigan. and that's like like AI is a threat, like this kind of like automated like cars because they're referencing to Tesla's like yeah, children die a lot in that, but like I kept kind of like, like the thing, the thing about this movie for me that, that kind of didn't work on a formal level is that I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I kept, I kept waiting at the end because like for some reason, this child's toy can like rip a man's head off and like, like it's invincibly strong and its batteries never run out. I was waiting for like, like, didn't you question? Well, she charges every night. Well, yeah, but like, I'm like the the Megan apologist here. Like, wait a minute, she she has a little dock station and she sleeps in. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to forgive that, but I was really waiting for the like, like, did you ever question why why Mithrigan was so powerful? We 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 have Department of Defense money to to build this. Like like, I was kind of waiting for that. Like, and like, is in the context of school shootings too. Like like, I was thinking like. 
Oh, wouldn't that be like a, a much more interesting way of what, like, like they're they're building Mithrigan not as a toy, but as like a def, like a high end defense that like thing for children, so your rich kids could go to school and not worry about a shooter because they have a Mithrigan defense model one or something. Well, and you know it would have some predictive AI so that it could like figure out who's likely to do a school shooting, oh, yeah. except it would just be like really racist, which is the exact opposite of mm-hmm. demographic that usually carries out school shootings instead of, I don't know, doing something about the guns. Oh, totally, totally. And, and, and I think that's like, like again, like one of the things yeah. about Mithrid and, and, and like Blumhouse movie politics in general is like they have they have that kind of like. Yeah, it's it, it's like a it's like a, a warhead candy without the like the, the the delicious center, you know. Like there's there's just the there's just the nonsense there. there there's there's not the payoff there, right? And like, oh, okay, because even even with the AI stuff, like, it, so, oh, go on, go on, go on. I'm just gonna ramble. Oh, uh, I mean, like, I could totally see an actual. I mean, I guess it's like with Lensa. Um, when I remember, I think Jezebel reached out to Lensa, and they were like, "Did you know that your technology is making a child porn?" <laughs> and they were like, "They said something like, you know, that like." I don't think they said my name specifically. I think they were just like, well, she uh, would be subject to local laws for violating. Uh, like they, they were trying to imply that like I could go to jail for using their technology to make this mm-hmm. child sexual exploitation material of myself. When like the point of writing the thing was to be like, hey, 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 you, Lensa, um, you should probably fix this before <laughs> it turns in to a deep fake revenge porn in four to six months. Uh, no? Okay. All right. Never mind. <laughs> I could definitely see um, a team of like software engineers not even considering anything that could go bad at all. Oh, t- totally! And I think like the, this, the, the Tesla analogy is so apt here because the auto driving thing has already killed people, and and already we're building a legal framework that says <laughs> if your Christ. auto if your autopilot kills someone, <laughs> it's not the fault of the software engineers or the company or anyone. It's the fault of the driver. Even though the driver is a robot, it's the fault of the person in the driver's seat. They're they're liable for damages, and and it's like okay, well, we're it's just... like Section two thirty, but for death. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so how do, how do we how do we feel about pepping things up and talking about fashion for a bit? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Snow, <laughs> Snow, as the as the the Mithrigan apologist uh, on, on on today's episode. Yes. Well, I, I don't know. There's, yes. There, there, there are I, two things that I've been thinking about, which I, which is one, why why do we need our AI? Why do we need our AI to have drip? And two, what do you think? <laughs> like, what do you think about the like the the kind of fashion semiotics in this film? Well, you you know, it reminded me of American Girl dolls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, which I don't know if. if y'all played with as little girls like I did. Um, But (laughs) um, there's one in particular, Samantha, who had this like big bow and this pretty dress and she was super stylish. And it also lined up with like 1990s fashion, despite her, I think being from like the 1910s or some shit. Um, But like, no, it made total sense to like, like any other doll. Or there was, what was it? There was that one Barbie, maybe like 20, 25 years ago that was three feet tall. And you, you, it was like your friend, you could like dress it and shit. And like, it didn't take off because it was too big and expensive and it didn't fucking do anything. Um, but, <laughs> but I, that, that, I, like, what else would she have worn? 
I mean, you're right. Like, like you, because like, like in, in the context of the movie too, Mithrigan is like a high end product. You know, like it's it's going right. Like if you're spending ten thousand mm-hmm. on a robot doll monster machine thing, then she should be wearing hope couture. Yeah, it's it's all Gucci everything, right? Like the, the outfit is on point. Uh, like there's no no synthetic uh, fabrics. It's all very kind of cool textures. There's the there's the the double breasted kind of peacoat there's the uh the, oh, so the peter pan collar glasses inside yeah, the, the celine shades the flats well and then oh. katie like when when megan goes up to her and is like i really like your jacket katie where's it from <laughs> and she's like i don't know <laughs> and, you, and you're like no you, no, okay. no you don't miss regan why like this is quite obviously a yeah. lie <laughs> That is from Sears. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> mm. Which I know because I had the same goddamn thing. <laughs> but it's like it's like it is it is so weird that we need the kind of like AI assistant to have a kind of fashion sense. It's a, it, and I think it ties into this whole thing of it being just a product of marketing, right? This is yeah. this is yeah. this is this is the whole reason, right? It has to have a kind of brand identity because when you when you strip everything when you get behind behind all of that kind of like all of the buzzwords there's there's so little there for 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 a company to monetize so you have to have something that is like and it's so it's so funny to me that this is the fashion sense they chose and i think the costume designer does an incredible job because it's like if you meet anybody who dresses like this like doesn't she get described as like an apex predator at one point and i'm like yeah (laughs) amazing that's what an apex predator in the American class system dresses like. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, it's, it's like a great exploration of, like, libidinal economy stuff, too, right? Because, like, if you are buying, like, like if you want this toy, like, it, you want it to be this, this kind of, like, total object of desire, right? You want to be this thing. You want to have friends who dress cool and are smart all the time. You want to dress cool and, and be have smart perfect all the time. hair. Yeah, and have perfect hair and perfect complexion and like, like, like. And you could like customize the skin tone, like like emojis. That's what it made me think of. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Which like, of course, we're going to be using like the white girl doll in all of the marketing and shit. But like, want you to know that if you press down on the little thing, then the options will show up, and you can make her like another. You know the have the skin color of someone who probably would not be affording a ten thousand dollar robot for christmas right and, and i think like like that kind of like the, the politics of default options i think is a really important thing to highlight here too because like mm-hmm. they're they're the reason why alexa is a woman is is not but is not because it's easier to code a female voice or something right like it's libidinal economy intersecting with misogyny it's the, the 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 same reason why uh, yeah and a white woman. yeah and a white woman right so this, all of these things are coming to play here right like the the same reason why those kind of like like automatic sensor hand drying stations can't detect dark skin tones is the same reason why Mithrigan is a little white girl or like when the facial recognition for iPhone came mm-hmm. out like East Asian women could just like get into each other's iPhones. Yep. <laughs> we live in hell. Yeah, the whole the whole point of that kind of like hyper capitalist te- techno culture 
is to inculcate you into a certain kind of class stratification, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have the newest iPhone. You have to drive the Tesla. And it's so, so telling because what's the thing that Mithrigan, uh says to Katie right at the end? Because what's what her big, Katie's big mistake oh. is she's ungrateful. She hasn't been grateful oh, enough. Little yeah, bitch. a grateful <laughs> little bitch. That's what she says. I have a new primary user. <laughs> Me. Me. <laughs> I love that line. Which I think is like the most terrifying line in the whole fucking thing because that is what like, I mean, that's not what AI is going to do because AI isn't fucking sentient and anyone who says otherwise is a fucking yep. idiot. But <laughs> like it does present that possibility in a way that like make it is legible. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Like, AI sentience is literally nothing but marketing copy from all of these, like, venture capitalists funding <laughs> GPT and bullshit like that. Well, and that one guy who got fired from, like, Google or some shit for being like, the AI, it's alive! I forget his name. It's like, that, that, that's the thing. The, the Turing test doesn't rely on technology being super good. It relies on people being so easy to trick. Like, right. like literally, adults fall for magic tricks. You can get a deck of cards and convince a grown adult that you just you just psychically predicted their card by by just tricking them. Like people people love getting goofed, and like like it's, it, you literally just made a chatbot that says like, "Oh, I'm I'm alive." <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> and people go, "Oh God, what I have mean, we done?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and that's it, like dis dis and misinformation. I know I never know the difference between them, and I have to Google every fucking time which one is bad on purpose and which one is bad by accident. Mm-hmm. But it's so effective. People will believe fucking anything. People are so dumb. Right, and like we have we have a system that's designed to like because if you don't if you don't spend a lot of time like grilling into these issues, and spending time is something that is kind of verboten under a capitalist system. Like, you're just going to kind of pick things up ambiently. And, like, Mithrigan, un- probably unintentionally, like, like you were just saying, like, inserts itself as part of the marketing copy for AI devices and AI software like ChatGPT, right? Because it, it plays into that mythology of, look how powerful these things are. Yeah, how smart which is- and dangerous. They're better than humans because ChatGPT yeah. knows everything. Well, that's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> humans <laughs> yeah which is why i'm like this is not necessarily a movie that's really about ai it's a movie about fashion and it's a movie about class that's 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 what this is that's what this film yeah. is it's a, it's a film that's about fashion marketing and and like american class structure and it does that so well because can, can we talk about the uh uh the the necessary importance of like going outside and touching grass and then having your ear torn off by your, your best friends, <laughs> your, your your new friends, like twenty five thousand dollar toy. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a fun, what a fun sequence! Could you imagine this movie? Except it's like tickle me Elmo. Honestly, um, that's kind of what I. That's kind of like what I really wanted. Like I really want like like Mithrigan, but it is just a Furby or something like that. And like the same level of evil. <laughs> so one one of the one of the things that, that I found about like you know, like like because there's this like this movie uses outdoor settings really effectively and in really interesting ways. And the other the other kind of like primary outdoor location that we have to deal with is the neighbor and the neighbor's yard. What's that dog's name? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, it's gonna. But she's like, raw. 
Roger or whatever the fuck. Spotty. I don't know. <laughs> Her voice. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but I mean, do we really see the outdoor space with the neighbor or do we just see like the garage? And then we hear, um, what's her face? The aunt say like, you know, that dog's body is probably covered in a bunch of Victorian dollhouses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny considering her house is the one with the haunted right. dollhouse. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but again, if who did in fact kill the if, dog? If millennials, if millennials think kids are really annoying, uh, we do not. We we hate neighbors ever so slightly more. Like that's like that's what this film is about. <laughs> Which I mean, like I think that's like. Oh, go on, go on, go on. I was I so I, I mean I I watched this like twice three times but um at first I thought that the neighbor was a horrible bitch but what she is mm-hmm. to be clear however um. What is her name? Gemma. Gemma is like also a horrible bitch. Yes. <laughs> to her, like, and I, I just already wanted to hate her because, like, you know, the dog ran the vent, yada yada yada. But when the, the woman's like, like, oh, I just bought a collar to to try to, you know, mitigate this. Hey, do you want to borrow my hose or whatever the fuck she asks? And Gemma is like, get the fuck out of my lawn. <laughs> Like, I hate you. Right. Like that was that's a little. And, and I think like because like you you kind you kind of get the impression that the neighbor is like uh, on on harder financial like standing than Gemma because Gemma is like a, the the lead designer of of a, a multi million dollar right. toy company, right? Like she's she's not hurting for cash. Like right, and the neighbor is only wearing the same slippers and the same nightgown, and has never washed her hair in her yeah, life. Yeah, she looks like shit, and and you know, like we get the implication that her house is a mess, right? <laughs> These are we're coding her as being poorer than her neighbor, and a hoarder. Yes, and a hoarder, right? And, and of, she's definitely a hoarder. Of yeah. course, she's also like significantly older than everyone else Dewey. in this movie, which That's which adds name. into that. The dog's name is Dewey. 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 Dewey did nothing wrong. Dewey instinctively, instinctively tries to destroy the haunted doll and anyone yeah. who would defend it. Yeah, solidarity that, with that the That is invading dog. its space. Yeah, the, yeah uh, right. I, I am, I'm saluting. Justice for Dewey. Dewey. Dewey is in dog heaven right now, right next to Laika, and, and they're, they're, they're reigning over us right now. Actually, that reminds me of a, a fun fact, um, but which relates to this. It's, um so but the dog I had before my current dog, she was so sweet. Her name is Tilly. And she never bit anyone ever, which I would tell people until uh, <laughs> she met my mother. <laughs> and she was old, decrepit. Like, she could hardly walk at this point. But she met my mother and immediately bit her in the fucking face. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and of course I had to take my mom who's screaming and bleeding in my car to the ER and they had to like get my dog's info down and given she was provoked because my mom tried to fucking hug her like a dipshit mm-hmm. um, like you don't hug a dog you don't and it's neither yeah. here or there um, <laughs> like, uh, I, I was amazed they let me take Tilly like out of the state a few weeks mm-hmm. later like they yeah there's there's absolutely no way <laughs> That that would have been okay. Also, my mom's a real bitch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm 
glad, glad we cleared that one up. Fits, fits in the context of the movie. It sounds like your mom would have been like a great supporting character in Mithrigan. Yeah, she would have been the neighbor, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. God, I hope she's not listening to this because it would be the only form of contact she has with me. <laughs> Oh. Well, speaking of related topics, Mr. Snow making it weird. <laughs> no, that's what we're here for, though. That's what, it's why we. It's why you keep coming back. Yeah, waxing poetic about matricide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's appropriate in the context of this movie, right? Absolutely. Another thing that's appropriate. The dad seemed okay, though. I do have to say. What was that? The dad seemed all right. So that, that that was kind of something that I found to be really interesting in like the start of this movie because I think they try and like there's a couple times in this movie where it's attempting to have like masculinity and patriarchy discourses. You know, you get the mm. uh, like like the the dad the dad is like I thought it was a four by four. It looked like like a four by four. You kind of like doing some right. implication that he's like mansplaining cars or something like. Well, the. Uh, but he still seems like kind of like a yeah he, he's kind of like a bitch but in a cute way there has to be a better word for that well i love that compound <laughs> phrase though metrosexual or something <laughs> yeah. i don't know um that and um what's his face the 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 boss big like bring me a fucking kombucha like he's also kind of a bitch every everybody in this movie really is when you think about it like that's kind of the the cadence here yeah yeah, from from Katie to Megan to that bitch social worker. Oh my God, her too. Really, everyone. Really, everybody. Uh, Brandon, yeah. Brandon, the guy who gets his ear ripped off. <laughs> and then. Oh yeah, fuck Brandon. And then pancakes by a car. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> even, oh my God, even no, even the, like, love the... The, the the county sheriff, who, who who was like like yeah yeah we thought <laughs> we thought that Brandon got hit by a car, until we found his ear yeah, four hundred but... yards away, thrown into the woods. Like, did you? No, did you find his ear? I oh, but the um the social worker. I love the first meeting when they when Gemma's walking her outside. She says something like, "Well, I have to make sure this is going to be a safe space." Yeah, for Katie. And like, I mean, the one part of the irony is like, no, it's not safe at all. Like, it's going to be a murder house. But also, like, how are we using words like safety to talk about like this beautiful home in a lovely neighborhood with like a rich aunt raising her? Like, of course, that's safe. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, and and again, like, I, I feel like really the first act of this movie is just a bunch of like millennial related keywords being thrown in there like safe space just just being like kind of like awkwardly like (laughs) tossed into the movie like that right yeah and i mean i could totally see that get (laughs) see that getting weaponized if it's like me oh actually okay well sorry i just went on a journey through my brain and that journey went where i was like oh i could totally see that rhetoric getting weaponized against single mothers mm-hmm. of color which it does yep. which does happen and that's why you know it's considered safer to for a black child to be raised anywhere but with its mother and then my brain was like i wonder if Gemma's a lesbian i think so that might be why this social worker bitch would say it wasn't safe and then my brain went to i should open the question is she a lesbian I'm gonna, this has been a journey through my brain. I love this. I love this journey. 
<laughs> it's definitely a really interesting movie when you look at it from like the perspective of queerness. Because, like, by the time the Mithrigan right. gets to the family household, like, Katie has two moms, Gemma and Mithrigan. And it's this kind of, like, weird, well, weird Well, three way. if you include the dead one. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but, yeah, but, and, like, but if there's any kind of sexual tension, and I, I don't even think the word sexual would apply, but it would be between Katie and Megan, not between Megan and Gemma. Unless we're looking at, I mean, then again, Gemma does wrap Katie up in like shrink wrap. So well, yeah, yeah, we have that like weird like <laughs> it's, it's almost like a pseudo bondage sequence, and then the fight between Mithrigan and Gemma, where we're like Katie, Katie keeps going in like, oh, mommy, are you okay? I hear fighting sounds, and then Gemma's like, oh no, we're fine, we're fine. Go back to your room right now. <laughs> yeah, go back to your room. Go back to your room. We're just talking. <laughs> Mommy, are you okay? It looked like Mithrigan was was we're, wrestling you last night. Like that's literally the scene we're getting. Like, yeah, we were just play fighting. Like, I, I don't know if if they at, at some point in the script intended Gemma to be queer, or they're just doing queer baiting with that. I mean, they're obviously doing queer baiting with Mithrigan, but, but like, you think? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it, doesn't Mithrigan say yeah. at one point, "Oh, go back to your room. I don't want you to see me like this." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well i mean i think the the fact that there's an absence of like a boyfriend (laughs) even the only reference we get to Gemma's dating is the little robot bitch being like you got a tinder notification Mm -hmm. not not megan the robot bitch the other robot bitch the like alexa Mm -hmm. thing yeah um i don't know i read her as queer oh definitely especially like I'm like think I'm just trying to think of all my friends who have fucking collectibles that are actually toys that they don't let anyone open and all of those bitches are dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, we don't we don't make yeah. the rules, we just enforce them. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> so, you know. We know. <laughs> there's no boyfriend, there's no reference to a boyfriend that I mean it Hmm. Mm. If she's not gay, then you know she she can be recruited. <laughs> so so I think I think like one of the last things we should talk about uh, as as we wrap up our Mithrigan uh, chat here is privacy, privacy and technology, because the movie does end with with Mithrigan's AI digital ghost going on to possess the Alexa equivalent app. <laughs> Well, we see that, I guess, throughout the film when um, Gemma's like, you're not allowed to listen to private conversations, which is just a ridiculous expectation to put on a thing in which you have implanted this surveillance technology so it could learn English. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, like, (laughs) come on, lady, you have a smartphone. You know how those work. (laughs) Right? (laughs) What are you doing? What are you talking about? You're not allowed... Okay, so literally at the beginning of the movie, they openly admit to putting secret listening spy devices in their Furbies. That's like literally the first one of the first scenes of the movie is like Yeah. We and then and then later she's expecting her like evil fucking like Boston Dynamics killer doll (laughs) to like obey decent like politics. Like ugh. Yeah, you should yeah, you you shouldn't listen to people's private conversations in a way that they know about because that's rude. (laughs) 
or what you can't interfere with private conversations i think is also what she said which is again like such a fun misunderstanding of surveillance yeah, yeah. when you have like facebook <laughs> admitting they do algorithmic testing on their newsfeed to see if they can like engineer the emotions of, of <laughs> facebook users it's like come on right like girl i <laughs> and this is something i kind of did you know, oh go on go on Oh, I was just gonna say, like, well, unrelated to this, so we could drop it, but when that fucking doll won't die in the end, I just, that scene went on for about eight minutes too mm -hmm. long. Why the hell could it, but I felt like Austin Powers. Why won't he die? <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. All right, that, that was all that I had to say about it. <laughs> I mean, I agree. But, like, one of the things I kind of was thinking was that, like, one of the things I did really enjoy about Mithrigan is that like we're, we're heavily focalizing like an American company using like quote unquote AI and like all, all of this like algorithmic software and, and horribly misusing all of it to mine data from vulnerable vulnerable communities and children to, to do terrible marketing shit. And like that's literally what the company is. And like but like the, this movie comes out right at, at such a good political moment because we just had a Senate hearing on TikTok. And we have the whole Chinese spy balloon discourse and, and, and mild, mild new uh, uh, Sputnik panic that we're having over here in the United States. And it's like, is, is it literally everyone complaining about this is on Facebook? Like, they're complaining on Facebook. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, like are, are you even halfway to kidding me? Like, you, you all have an Alexa device. And you're like, oh, but what if the, what if the Chinese government sent a spy balloon to come get me? Like, ugh. <laughs> the spy balloon i don't even know what to say about that it's so fucking ridiculous i a, a balloon really i mm. and like like veracity i mean that and i think for veracity of, of like you know oh, go on, go on. no no just gonna say all the the um like russian hacking oh, yeah. conspiracy theories are i mean yeah are they like two sides of the same coin Oh, absolutely, right? This this is literally just an extension of, like, decades of anti-communist propaganda, even for countries that are only, like, right. you know, nominally communist anymore. Russia isn't even a yeah, little bit even, communist anymore. Yeah, not even nominally anymore. for them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit. Someone should tell the tankies. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, and I, I, I don't know, like, I think that, that that becomes, like, a really interesting part of Mithrigan is Mithrigan kind of perhaps even accidentally returns the focus to where it should be, right? Like, you know, rather than worrying about what's happening with TikTok and, like, veracity of spy balloons aside, right? Like, I, you know, I know nothing about international <laughs> spying. Maybe they use balloons, maybe they don't, I don't care. Yeah, I don't know enough about balloons, but like, really. They're, they're definitely not using spy balloons to, like, get your credit card information or your social security number or, like, figure out what, like, a, a suburban mom in the Carolinas is doing in her free time. You know, like... I mean, aren't satellites already doing that? Li like, li literally, I... like, the, Google's already doing that. <laughs> Amazon's already doing that. Like, <laughs> the, the, they, don't, they, they wouldn't need to send a balloon. They would just need to partner with alphabet and borrow some of their data for a weekend or whatever like right <laughs> like spy carrier pigeons next. <laughs> bring back organic spying bring back the pigeons <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm a free range local <laughs> spot, get back to our roots. right? Like, like they have to be sustainably raised. <laughs> they have to have free access to sunlight and an outdoor pasture. <laughs> and they need to be sourced from Russia. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, kind of kind of bit over the hour mark here, but I have a final question for the group. Final question, everyone: Is Mithrigan haunted? Don't don't all rush to answer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it just reminded me of that um, of that uh, Simpsons. Uh, Halloween <coughs> special where there's like the crusty doll <gasps> yes! and somebody accidentally sw- flips it to evil. And it's like, ah, see what your problem is there. Someone just set this doll to evil. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's that's the Mithrigan problem. That's the Mithrigan problem. Someone just, someone, you know, there was bad quality control in the non-unionized factory where the parts were assembled and a little bit of evil got in there. That's all it is. <laughs> well, what I was thinking was um the 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 megan ghost that escapes its its corporal form and, and like invades the alexa or whatever at the end um and that being a, a uh, literally a ghost yeah. so so that speaks to haunting but B, also kind of like that's how algorithms work right like software engineers will will write this code but machine learning algorithms just teach themselves to be better algorithms so even the people who coded them don't know how the fuck they're going mm-hmm. to behave yeah. once they're like unleashed into the real world maybe they'll be ghosts invading our alexas i don't know oh absolutely like <laughs> and so like this anyway tldr yes haunted <laughs> I, I i totally agree because this is the interesting thing for me right because mithrigan as, as I said earlier, like, Mithrigan is just Chucky and Slappy and Hugo and, like, this long list of haunted, possessed demon dolls. Um, and, and, like, <laughs> the kind of, like, Mithrigan is pretending to be, like, techno- it's, oh, it's techno, this is modern, this is grounded, it's it's material, it, it's, it's, an, it's enlightenment, you know, like, it's not spirits and voodoo anymore, it's, it's computers and AI, but, like, at the end, the thing that makes Mithrigan alive is that she has a soul. Like, Mithrigan's evolution is that she now has a ghost that can exist beyond her corporeal form. Like, even, even with all the tech stuff aside, Mithrigan is given some kind of ephemeral life after the death of the physical body. Mm. Like, we, we still can't escape, like, discursively in horror the format of the haunted doll. Like even even in Mithrigan isn't the the story of a robot gone awry. It's the story of like this ephemeral spectral thing that no no human can truly know the depth of, and we can only like you know uh, make specious guesses towards how many how many AI sentient AI systems can dance on the head of a pin. <laughs> oh, we live in hell. <laughs> Okay, that's that's it. That's where we have the episode. We live in hell, right there. Just boom. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the out. That's the out. Well, thank you, thank you, uh, Snow, for coming back on Horror Vanguard. Uh, we look for. We hope that next to you beginning. Thank you for having me. You're sick every time you come on the show, but you are getting progressively healthier. Which which means that you have to co- right, well- do more episodes with us, and you'll be feeling great by the end of it. Eventually, I'll just be sick in the head. That's all that'll remain. <laughs> oh, aren't we all? 
<laughs> well, thank you, everyone. Stay spooky. Uh, the Horror Vanguard is releasing our new $20,000 Ultra Ultra Prime Haunted Doll coming to you soon. It's Patreon exclusive. And we'll see you next week for our latest episode. We hope you've enjoyed the Dread Discourse. Until next week, stay spooky.